<laughs> Hello, my name's James Pikeway. Welcome to Podaholics and Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna. And this episode is all devoted to what? Jock itch. Finally, no. fungus. <laughs> fungus, you get it at pools, you get it between your toes, you get it in your underpants. It's 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 a great show. <laughs> it's a little it's a little scratch and itch show. There we go. It's fun. No? <laughs> James, we're not spending the entire time talking just about jock itch. <laughs> you didn't even know what jock itch was a month ago. You were you were out no, of the loop. That's big. It's, I know, I know the infection, but I've never heard it referred to as jock itch. I have to say, I did have to Google the term. Is is that a, like a North American term or something? Maybe. I don't know. It's just it's just not one that personally I have used. It's the it's probably um, not the medical. Did, well, yeah. If, if I made my medical diagnosis as jock itch, I'm not really too sure whether it would be uh, identified by the ICD-10 criteria of medical diagnostics. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe my colleagues might understand. Maybe they know. Well, I, I, I thank you very much, by the way, for uh, getting my brother to call me a little old lady. That's really nice. It's uh, I, I forwarded you that clip of him listening to your show, imitating you as well. I think you should be taking offense to that as well. He was trying to talk <laughs> like you and doing a very bad job of it. And then he goes on to call me a little old lady just because you did. Just to clarify, that's because, yeah, I called you a little old lady, so he decided to join in. Anyway, no, it, it's fine. Um, Being called I, a little I, old lady? Lots, <laughs> lots of people take the mic out my accent anyway, so that's fine. I'm, I'm used to that. And maybe you deserved it, James. <laughs> clearly did at the time that I said it. Now you're, now you're <laughs> siding with my brother. I can't believe you're yeah. trying to, to curry favor with him. I've never met your brother, but I really like your brother from the, the few videos I've seen and the very small interaction I've had through your Facebook. We are chums and I can't wait for him to come to Dubai and take him out for dinner. Well, you just got to refer to him as Joey Woo Woo and you're you're good to go. Joey Woo Woo. Yeah, that's what he goes by. Everyone knows I him like as him Joey Woo Woo. Times more after this conversation. <laughs> you know, he, Anyone that refers to themselves as Joey Woo Woo is is a good good man in my book. Well, he goes by the name of Joey, and then he's always going Woo Woo. So there you go, Joey Woo Woo. <laughs> Would you say that you and your brother are alike? No, <laughs> not at all. Can I ask how do you feel that you differ? Because I feel like there's definitely a family trait of of craziness really? for instance it would not surprise me if i had a voice message from you just saying woo woo <laughs> i'll give a, i'll give him your number he'll be sending you woos every day <laughs> okay excellent. i can't wait can't wait james yeah no we don't also i go on no no you were saying oh yeah we're gonna talk about fungus but uh, you know it's quite a narrow topic, so uh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Probably somebody that studies fungus in great depth on a daily basis could could um, embellish it somewhat. But for us, it's going to be quite straightforward. This is fungus. This is what it is. This is what it does to you. This is why. This is the treatment. Boom! Podcast done. <laughs> done. done. <laughs> then we're talking vitamin D, right? Which is probably where we want to go anyway. But, but let's let's get to the fungus moist issues right away. Because and I and and honestly, the reason I wanted to throw this in weeks ago when we're finally getting to it is it is now full on humid where we are here in Dubai. I was out jogging this morning. It was quarter to six. I walked out the door and I was in a full sweat. I hadn't even started moving. 
And all I'm thinking about is the guys washing cars, the gardener folks, the people who are walking. And I'm thinking this is a ripe environment for fungus. And I, the reason I bring that up is because I often see the, see folks scratching. And it's not just, the, oh, I got a scratch on my back. It's I got a scratch in a place that you don't usually talk about. And they're pretty vigorous in the scratch. And it's like, clearly there's something going on. And all I keep thinking, you got a fungus issue, dude. James, who are you hanging out with? Because I have to say, I've never personally seen anyone really go for it in their groin area when they're scratching. Really? But I'm really curious to know, know your friends. I'm, I'm so, friends with, because I'm also a, a part-time gardener for my own place. All the gardeners, all of the laborers in the area know me very well because they'll see me trucking out stuff to the, the bins and whatever. So uh, those are all my friends now. They, they pretty much I get the wave every day from, you know, half a dozen of these folks and they'll even, you know, they'll even stop in their cars and say hello to me. So it's it's the working class gentleman is who we're talking about. And would you shake their hand? That's an interesting thing to ask after they've obviously been really going at yeah, it. Yeah, you know, maybe an elbow. Now nah, we're, we're not handshakers. It's a way. Well, I think basically shaking hands is going to be a redundant thing, sadly, moving yeah. forward anyway, post-COVID. But yeah, you're right. So humidity, moisture, we do we associate it with fungus. And just to take a back step, like what, what is fungus? So fungus is its own kingdom. So we've got the, the plant kingdom we've got the animal kingdom and we have the kingdom of fungi and that includes molds yeast and mushrooms as well the ones we eat the the good fungi the ones yeah yeah we do and in fact there's a whole new barrel of research because we we look so much at bacteria in our guts and now there's there's just starting there's a seed of research into looking at the fungi that live in our guts as well including mushrooms and yeast as well um, but that that's something I'm not particularly well educated on because it is very new elementary research um, but something that they are looking into and how it can affect health but fungi they're quite interesting because they they live differently to plants and animals, very differently. Mm. So whereas we, we grow, plants and animals just tend to grow, the way that fungi grow is they is they spread. That is the way that they grow is they spread. And we take in food and digest it inside. They release their digestive enzymes. And so they basically, they eat from the outside and, and, and grow that way. It's really quite fascinating. But because of that, it makes them exceptionally contagious and they can grow at the speed of knots. And there is actually a terminology that people use, like popped up like a mushroom, for instance, because mushrooms, they're quite an elaborate form. And yet they can develop overnight and not just one, but multiple can develop overnight. And just they are really quite fascinating. So you talk about the good old jock itch, for example, (laughs) Um, there's, there's a magic formula for fungi to appear and you're looking at somewhere where there's a nice moist environment and, and what we say opportunistic. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. the sweaty. fungi are already, <laughs> what was that, James? It's a sweaty place, right? It's, it's, it's people's it's underpants. A, it's the junk. It's sweaty down there. But you know, it's not like the fungi just appear because it's moist. The fungi mm. are already there. So <sighs> we have like dermatophytes, which are a fungi that live on our skin, on our nails. They're always there. And people that tend to get them are someone that's in a moist, warm environment. So yet Dubai, we are asking mm. for these opportunistic fungi infections. Um, but you also get them if you're immunosuppressed, if you've been on antibiotics, it's kills your good bacteria that are 
keeping the fungi at bay um, and anyone that's just seriously ill, really. Mm. So what do we do? Just kind of keep everything dry? Is that the key? Well, it's it's like you must have had that toe infection when you were in school. Not 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 athlete's foot necessarily, but you know when you start to get like a little rash that appears in between your toes. Really common in young children. Ah. And that's when they don't dry themselves properly. So, you know, if you're someone that doesn't tend to dry in between their toes, then that's a really great place because you often have your foot in a sock Mm. or in a shoe where it's warm. And then you've got that moisture from the shower or the bath. Uh, and that's that's going to it's asking for an infection, and sometimes they can get really very nasty. And if you do have a fungal infection, you can then get a bacterial infection on the top, which makes it ten times worse. And you can get a cellulitis, which is um, a skin infection um, from bacteria, and and that needs antibiotics. Sometimes IV antibiotics, and IV just to clarify means uh, antibiotic to your vein, which which is normally more potent, so it normally mm. works a lot stronger. Um, and yes, yeah, so you've got to you've got to keep these areas dry and keep yourself healthy, really. And do these things, can you spread this? So if I'm at home and I'm not drying my toes, and then I'm in the shower, I mean, I guess that's you know even the locker room stuff, right? When you're having a shower at the yeah. gym, if I've got this on my toes and you know the residue somehow stays on the floor, if people are walking back and forth, I could pass it to my friends then. Absolutely. Ugh. I mean, you've seen you've seen people with Veruca socks. I mean, they work quite well as well for what are Veruca socks. Uh, what? Please tell me you've seen a Veruca sock, James. I don't even know what a Veruca sock is. So, did, when you're in the baths, right? When yeah. you were younger, by the bathing in the swimming baths, yeah. did you never see that poor child that had a big plastic or a rubber um, sock on one of their feet walking around the baths? No. You've never seen. I'm gonna have to send you a photograph later. Yeah, send me a picture. It's maybe a that's thing. maybe that's not a Canadian thing. But you'd have to, because how would you stop spreading brucas? I don't know. I don't know. I taught, I was even a swim instructor. I never remember seeing kids in any of the years that I taught swimming lessons with a sock on. You were a swimming instructor. This is new information. Yeah. Full lifeguard. Full lifeguard swim instructor. Oh, yeah. Was this pre or post uh, university? Right, right into university. So right from the age of 14, right through to uh third year university i was a lifeguard maybe it was second year yeah and in the summers that's amazing that's yeah. amazing james that's a really cool job to have did you manage to get all the women i i, I got married to my wife who i met as a lifeguard <laughs> did you we met at the pool we met at carlton in in ottawa yeah so but i'm oh that, God, that, so- but i never saw anyone wearing a sock in the pool ever so when when I was younger and we would go to the swimming baths, and I know it's still common now because I, I see it when I go home into swimming pools, there are often that poor, unfortunate child that's got to wear this really uncomfortable rubber mm. sock, effectively, that just goes to below the ankle. And it's, it highlights that they have a veruca that they're not wanting to, to spread. Yeah. And when it's wet, it's so hard to get this sock on. Uh, and, you know, years ago, hopefully not now, we'd get teased about it, etc. But, you know, it was a rite of passage. Everybody had it at some point. And it's also quite good for preventing the spread of something like an athlete's foot. Mm. And an athlete's foot doesn't mean for athletes, it just means somebody that has an fungal affection in certain areas of the foot, often around the nails. Um, but it doesn't help the athlete's foot itself because it creates that warm, moist environment that's perfect for it to spread. Right. Um, but otherwise, you're right. If somebody, if I went to the swimming pool, if I was in a locker and somebody else was as well, 
we're walking on the same ground, we may be sharing towels or we touch each other. Yeah. Yeah, very, very easily spread. It's highly, highly contagious. So what what do I do? Do I disinfect when I get out of the pool? Do I put my feet in a foot bath of some sort? Or is there anything to do to guard against these things? Yeah, I mean, all you can do is basically keep yourself clean and healthy. The other thing is that it might sound silly, but if you are somebody that's diabetic and you have or you eat a high sugar diet, that also helps create a wonderful environment for fungi mm. to to multiply and, and grow. So people that tend to have healthier diets, low in sugar, that look after their diabetes, tend to get these infections less. That's less so more peripheral infections on the feet um, and more so more towards their more intimate areas, shall we say. Mm. Um, but yeah, you've just basically got to keep yourself clean and dry. A lot of people like to wear flip-flops. It's yeah. quite a common thing now when you're in the changing rooms is wear a pair of mm. your own flip-flops. That's a great way of trying to keep your feet off the, the ground to prevent the spread of nasty infections. Um, and some people even just take their own flip-flops, just keep them in their bag just for when they're in the locker room. I find it really weird to say locker room, by the way. That is not an English term. We say changing rooms. The changing room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when we're in the changing rooms. I was just trying to be Canadian or American for a while. I'm thinking, um, why do we call it the... Yeah, I guess we call it... They would be the change rooms, but sometimes they're the locker rooms because they have lockers in the change rooms. So you just call it the locker room. But maybe it's... Yeah, yeah. I think it's, we also, I think we also call it change American rooms. American high school sitcoms. Yeah. Like, I remember all the public pools that I've ever gone to. There's always you know, lockers to put your stuff in. Even, you know, it's it's just kind of like when you go into the water park, you have the locker to put your clothes in. So we just call them, I guess we call, I don't know. Locker rooms. Yeah, locker rooms. Maybe it's the change room too. Change, I don't know. I think, we, I think I just use it interchangeably, that term. Yes, yeah. For me, it sounds really, really alien to say <laughs> to say locker room. But the, the other thing that you can do, it, it's, it's not a medical thing. It's an old wives tale is that when you get in, you can actually dab apple cider vinegar okay. in the area to try and kill the fungus. I can't imagine anyone coming in and getting out the apple cider vinegar and starting doing a foot bath with it. So it's one of those. I mean, it, it's something to say, but kind the reality is that no one's going to do it. And if you do do it, it'd be an unusual thing to do, but it could help. And uh, I think the, the main thing is just keeping your keeping your own clothes and your towels to yourself, using your your flip flops, keeping dry, making sure you dry properly. And it's mm. quite difficult sometimes when you're in changing rooms. It's a moist environment anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it depends where you are, but sometimes they're not always so clean. Um, we're quite lucky in Dubai that they, they've got attendants there that we're cleaning them all the time. But when I think to swimming baths back at home, especially yeah. in the gyms, they're not necessarily as clean. There's there's often plasters on the floor. Oh. Uh, it's, it's not a nice, yeah. And it's not, it's not, in fact, I used to work as a gym attendant actually um, for a short time in Manchester. And I used to clean the bathrooms. And oh, yeah, I mean, some of the, the horror things that you find, they're not pleasant. And then the, the main thing is that if you do start to get a rash or it starts to feel itchy is you want to treat it quickly right. because the, the faster that infection spreads, because it is an infection, it's just it's not a bacterial, it's not a viral, it's a fungal infection. The faster it spreads, the more difficult it is to get on top of and the more likely you are to get um, a bacterial infection on the top, which is, tends to be more nasty. What you want to do is you need to get over the counter, just ask for an antifungal cream, explain mm. the part of the body that it's on, Start using it quickly, and if it's not getting any better in two weeks, you tend to have to go to the doctors for either a more potent version or for an oral an oral antifungal tablet. My my experience with these things, especially with with uh, athlete's foot, 
and is if if you don't follow the full course of those things and it kind of goes away <laughs> yeah. and you think you think oh it's gone away and then the dark it comes back <laughs> and you're you know you're you've got that that horrific itch on your toes and it's just gross it's just just gross you know james you'd think that doctors and medical professionals would generally be a lot better at that but we're terrible as well because it says use it for maybe seven days two weeks and after five days, you think, well, it looks like it's kind of going now, so I'll I'll suck it off. I think it's fine. And then the next day, it's like, oh, there's a few spots back, and it's actually quite harder. It's, it's harder to get back on top of it because it can become a bit resistant to yeah. the medication that you're using, which is why we do specifically say, please be compliant with medications and use the entire course. It stops resistance, not just for you, but environmentally as well. Um, and it also will actually get rid of the thing that you've come about. Yeah. I wonder with all of our lockdowns that the whole world is going through, I wonder if we're seeing less of these things. I, 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 because anecdotally when I'm out now and you know, we're not out very often, but you know, things are starting to open up. So you spend a little bit more time in a grocery store and there's more people around. I can't, I must say that the number of people that I, I run into virtually socially distanced who are coughing and sneezing is almost nil. I don't hear anyone sneezing and I almost hear nobody coughing right now. And I'm kind of thinking that's pretty odd. Like usually there's a, a little bit more of that going on. So I don't know if people are suppressing it because they don't want to be people looking at them going, Oh, what's going on over there. But I, it just seems like because we've been around each other less and in less social contact, we we seem a little healthier on the whole. I don't know. That's just my observation. There's, there's got to be a truth in that because if we are separated, how can we? How can we spread things? Yeah. And I know that they opened up the malls now in Dubai for the under-12s and I did decide to take my children. I know I know, not everybody has made that decision to take their children out, but I decided I, I was going to and they loved it. It was, I think, the highlight of the last few months was to go to the mall, whereas normally they'd probably have hated going to the mall. And within maybe two days, one of them got really quite sick. Oh, I no. him out for a week, got a nasty rash, head to toe. Um, Do you know what it was? Viral rash. Just a viral rash. It was just, he just had a really nasty virus. And, yeah. then, and then at the end of the illness, as he was getting better, it can be quite common in children that they develop this nasty rash all over. Um, and, and that's what he developed. And yeah, it's kind of what's best really, because mm. the longer we go without doing it, yes, in one sense, we seem healthier because we're not catching colds. We're not necessarily getting the typical seasonal flu or, you know, skin yeah. infections, et cetera, whatever it may be. But on the other hand, our immune systems are potentially becoming a little bit weaker. And especially in the younger generation mm. who for six months, six months is a huge portion of their life. And that's a really critical time for them to start building up immunity to everyday household diseases so that when a nasty thing comes along, they stand a better chance of being able to try and fight it off. And I I get a bit frightened about that as well. Also, the other thing is, is there's a lot of stigma as well with now having any kind of interaction with people. Yeah. And I know when I come into work, as soon as I stand up, a lady comes around the next lady coming onto the shift and she's spraying everywhere that I've been or I've touched on the chair. And I try and think it's okay. Like this is her trying to protect herself from yeah. COVID-19, but you still can't help but feel that pang of, does she think I'm dirty? Does she think <laughs> bad things about me? 
And and funnily enough, there's a lot of doctors forums in the UK that are having the same discussion that friends won't spend time with them because they're healthcare workers, but sure. they're integrating with other people in, in the public. I don't know whether it's something you've experienced, James, but it's something that I definitely, I, I, I'm concerned about going forward for whether it's going to start being a, a cause of isolation for some I, I, you know, so I'm, I'm in education and our, our, we haven't really had the conversation yet. I guess, you know, a lot of what we're dealing with comes down from the ministry and both our university and the ministry are obviously in, in conversations about what next year is going to look like and probably some form of hybrid education where some students, depending on their courses, if I was to with no not i'm not part of the discussion so i don't know but probably those courses that don't need to be offered face to face will be offered virtually and those lab courses will have a reduced enrollment or break up the classes so that they can bring in socially distanced groups of people probably is the way it's going to go and i i i in talking with parents and talking with educators there's a lot of a lot of questions about you know the 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 contacts that you make outside of your work environment so who are you running into and who are you coming into contact with and like you're saying with your colleague how are we are we using extreme hand washing skills are we not touching our faces are we masked up so that we at least are not spreading anything that we've got easily with you know the 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 droplets that we speak with and you know, reducing the numbers of those so that it's maybe not a, and and it's funny when you watch people talk, sometimes you see big hunks of spit come out of their mouth. And so at least you're controlling that. Oh man, (laughs) you pray it doesn't land on someone in the past. It's like, Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) But so, so I, I think there's, there's a lot of, and and as you said, there's a lot of people who don't really want us to go out yet or are really looking at, what's the protocols where they're going and and you and I are both we both are Privily users and so I spend you know and, and I've been with Privily a little bit longer than yourself but it's uh, uh and this is it's kind of what this is kind of a weird thing because I don't know about in the UK but in Canada the idea of a Privily does not exist in fact the idea of what Privily does and for those who are tuning in who don't have a clue what Privily is it's a it's a membership so that you can go use hotel pools and their gyms and when the kids clubs are open the kids clubs for your kids and essentially go sit by a five-star hotel pool five-star hotel beach and enjoy a little bit of a staycation but enjoy a pool and and so we've been a member of this for about a year and 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 basically five six times a week we go and find a pool at a hotel and we just sit down and read a book and go for a swim and I have an app and go for another swim and go home. <laughs> and the, so the reason I bring this up is two reasons. First, in Canada, this would be a, a this is kind of a foreign idea that you would you would yes. go to a hotel and hang out at the Hilton and use their pool. It's like no one does that. No one just does a staycation. Whereas here we might say, Hey, I'm going to go to uh, the double tree for the weekend, or I'm going to head over to, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, one of the hotels on the Palm for the weekend. And you might just do an overnighter. No one's doing that at home, but here, this is a really common thing. Is, is it the same in the UK? 
We actually would potentially say we're going into Liverpool for the night. We're going to get a hotel. Oh, okay. It's not a big thing. It's not. It's, you wouldn't go for a week. You tend to go for a night. Mm, okay. It's kind of let's go away for the night and do something nice. Yeah. But you wouldn't. I mean, no one in England wants to have a holiday in England <laughs> because it's too cold and rainy. So no, it's not like it's. It's certainly not to the same extent mm-hmm. in Dubai. So what I've been paying attention to now that I'm using all these pools is their protocol for cleaning stuff. And I know there's rules, but I can tell you from going to many pools now in the city, each pool seems to have a degree of how they're doing it, whether it be sterilizing, washing stuff down. Are they putting liners on top of things? Are they cleaning the handrails? How, how often are they cleaning the washrooms? You know, how much hand sanitizer is around? It's really actually kind of interesting to, to look at the different hotels and, and get a sense of where it's going. And then the other day I was at a pool and there were people swimming. It was, it was, kind of, it was a pretty busy pool, so it was kind of neat. But there was a lot of social distance. And then I see these people swimming by me who are putting the water in their mouth and spitting it out. And I'm going what are you doing? And all I'm thinking is, yeah, I'm not putting my face in any of this water. It's like, it's like but it, I, I find well, the sanitation interesting. The whole thing is quite interesting because we have to wear these masks and socially distance elsewhere. And yet in a pool or a beach environment, everybody's clustered together. And it's, yeah. just, it's the same in England. There's been big problems with people adhering to social distancing rules when you get to a beach. Mm. And that's because it's a finite amount of space. and Everybody wants to get there and, yeah. and enjoy the sunshine, especially in the UK, because it is, it is rare that you get a really nice day and people want to make the most of it. And it's hard because how do you regulate everything and everyone to make sure that they stay the distance and also at what point at what point do you call it quits on the socially distancing and do you say okay now it's time for us to get back to a bit more normality when my fear is when when do I greet my friends and get to cuddle them without having this really awkward hi um do we what what should we do nothing okay and it's it's really it's it's uncomfortable and it's not the type of natural exchange I think humans are meant to have. So I, I do, I find it really interesting and also in a slightly fearful manner for what will progress from here on in. I saw an interesting one in today's paper. So what paper was I looking at? It might've been, I was looking at the CTV news out of, out of Canada and it showed frontline workers. So they're wearing their blue gowns. They've got their mask on. They're wearing their plastic f- yeah. face shield. But they've Goodbye, also got they? they've also got portraits of themselves as a name, like a picture of themselves with without everything on, just with their faces, so that the people they're talking to can actually see what they look like. And I thought, you know what? That's a really that's a really cool idea because you have no idea what people look like behind those masks. And we're as you said, we're such a social group of people. It's it's almost feels like we're being, you know, constrained in a for a good reason, but still it has a really big psychological impact, I think, on people. Also, what is great is that you normally look really rough after twelve hours on the shop floor in medicine. So you can have a really glamorous photograph of yourself <laughs> on this scrubs whilst actually looking terrible behind with no makeup on and sleep deprived behind the visor. Um, but yeah, I agree. You know, humans were pack animals. We're meant to be in a community. Well, yeah. we're not pack, but we're tribal, aren't we? And we've had this conversation before. And I, I feel very strongly that I really hope things get back to normal and people don't start to have this prejudice of where are you from? Where have you been? We had the conversation with Zainab, didn't we? The mm-hmm. consultant pediatrician about the fact that 
even in clinical environments in UK hospitals, they will allow rabbits or they will allow a dog to come in. And in any other ward, that would be seen as a massive no-no because clinically it's not appropriate. Yeah. However, from an emotional response, it's really great to build up the morale of the children that are on the wards. And that has indirectly a physiological you know, uh, response as well because if they're feeling good, their immunity is a little bit higher, they're going to fight a little bit more because they're happy. And I, I worry so much that we're going to get so preoccupied with this clinical type environment, nothing wrong with being clean, nothing wrong with making sure that we wash our hands appropriately. But there's also, are we ever going to be able to have that hug, shake hands again, mm. being close proximity to each other? I, I really don't know. And I really hope that we do get back to it at some point when it's deemed safe. I, and I hope that people are able to get their head around it as well, because yeah. as you pointed out before, there's a lot of people that are so now worried and their health anxiety is so high i wonder whether they can get back to it i can see one the one of the positive things is the the hygiene levels have gone up tremendously you know when we talk about aircraft being cleaned now and fogged i'm kind of going i mean when i used to get onto any aircraft I would get on with my hand wipes and I would clean down my entire seat area, the buckles of the seat belts inside where you put your hand because who's cleaning there, all of the seat tops. And I would take my three or four cloths after and look at them and go, man, these things are pretty dirty. And, and so now at least that cleaning seems to be happening on aircrafts in cars, restaurants, you go and they're, they're cleaning everything down. And I'm going, were you guys not doing this before? <laughs> so <laughs> probably not. <laughs> exactly. So I'm kind of looking at this whole thing going, this is at least got us to a hygiene level that maybe where we needed to be anyway, because we live in such close proximity. And then, you know, you've got your random hygiene stuff. Like, it's not like we're getting rid of everything and everything's being cleaned down all the time. You know, when you're going out walking, you've got stuff, you've got your randomness, but I thought maybe we're at a level where if we can sustain this and then it's sort of the new normal and we will see more of that personal greeting coming back in some way, shape or form. Do you know, there's two, two things I've got to say to that. One is as a teenager, I worked in a local Italian restaurant. And where where did you work? <laughs> I, oh, I had loads of jobs. I love, I always thought that working was like a paid social. So <laughs> lots of my friends from university weren't necessarily, I've got lots of medical friends, but lots of them weren't medical. They were just random from different jobs. And I had a ball. I, I, in fact, I found it very hard when I started working as a doctor because I, I really wanted to have a part-time job because yeah. I always loved doing something completely different. And I started when I was an F1, so a house officer, I started working as a host in a restaurant. So, so I'd finished my day and then I'd go home to Manchester and I'd go and work in this cool restaurant and invite people into the tables. No one believed me that during the day I was working on the wards, but I just, I absolutely just thrived on it. And I, I still wish I could have like five jobs. I find it really, really cool. These things that are totally different from one another. But when I worked, um, my first ever job was a dishwasher, which I have to say, when I went to your Creative Mornings, I was very upset because Creative Mornings is this platform for creative people to get together that you host here in Dubai and you have like a really cool talk and a networking and everyone had to take a badge and as an icebreaker, write their first job yeah. and everyone's got architect down. <laughs> um, honestly, some of the jobs were really quite engaging and there's me, I had I'd written my dishwasher as my first ever job and it was a great job until I became allergic to the substances they were using in the sinks. Oh, no. But 
that's a, that's a digression. The, I saw what went on behind closed doors in restaurants. It wasn't the only restaurant I worked in. And even the ones that have got really good ratings, it really put me off going to certain restaurants for quite a long time yeah. because you see that what you see on the outside isn't always what you see inside. And that's why it's quite important to look at the scores on the doors they have in the UK. You get like mm. a, a hygiene rating. And I certainly think with food especially, that is critical because that's not just a case of getting a small fungal infection on your hands or your feet. This is something where it's actually life-threatening, especially if there's chicken involved or yeah. there's eggs, etc. cetera. Uh, and secondly, you mentioned about the aircraft, and I did actually get lit once on an aircraft in my adult years. No! And I was traumatised, yeah, traumatised. Because if you think about it, they live in fabrics, and so if someone's had their head on the back of the seat, Yikes. And I, I'd had I had all these hair extensions at the time. I had. I want to see those pictures. I want to see those pictures. <laughs> oh, they, they, we, I had them when we met. It's only since I've had the boys that they they sadly really? were those, were those hair one. extensions that, that you had when we met a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I'm. I miss them so much. I tried to get some again now, but then it's the cost of the upkeep, and you take it away from the boys. It's like it's, you know, women's looks just go out the window when you've had children because you're money. Just all goes into in, into the children as it, it should. It never goes away. It's like, you know, <laughs> my kids are in their twenties and it's still happening. They're not living at home. Like <laughs> they might as well be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's sometimes actually you go out and I have the dog and I have the boys and the two like the two boys. I had to get people coming up wanting to take photographs just because they're the twins, even though they're not identical, which I've never understood. Or people are picking up the dog and having photographs of the dog. And I'm like, I feel I'm just this invisible person that's just carrying around these <laughs> these people getting all this attention. But yeah, like hair extensions gone and probably good because at one point they were absolutely. I was riddled, riddled with nits. It was from the. I traced it back to the aircraft, and it took a long time to get rid of. Ruined my hair because I became paranoid about washing it over and over and over again Yikes. with this substance that stripped my hair. It was like straw. And you realize just how easy it is for these things to spread. Now, that's not life-threatening, but it's not nice. No, no, not nice at all. And then you never know, you might spread it to your spouse and wherever you go. It's crazy. I have a, I have a bold husband, James. You're lucky. Wouldn't share a bed, wouldn't sit on the couch, anything with me. I was like, James, you're bald. How are you supposed to? How are you going to catch the nits? Friends, I'd go around and friends wouldn't let me sit on the couch. I'd have to sit on the floor. <laughs> Put a hairnet on. Did they make your hairnet up and the whole thing? So and No, I didn't. I had it up in a pony or a, um, or a bun. But yeah, it, it was not pleasant. But it's an example of poor hygiene yeah. and the fact that we don't always have wipeable surfaces and, and especially in like sofas and uh, oh, aircrafts, trains. It would probably make more sense to have a wipeable surface than it would to have this fabric, although yeah. more comfortable. Yeah, put the leather seats in, right? How long did it take you to get rid of those things out of your hair? What was the? In- I actually didn't take that long, but it, the paranoia meant that I kept I kept using the washes and the brushes for quite a while after because it was not it wasn't pleasant. Mm. And the the way I found out is I was really itchy, but sometimes when I'm stressed, you can get like um, you, you can get like um. Uh, sort of a, a, an itchy head sometimes it's like a stress response and so I thought oh I'm, gosh I didn't realize I was so stressed because I just moved to Dubai I didn't realize I had I, I was stressed I feel quite quite comfortable you know moved in James had a network of friends I kind of tagged on to and made friends very quickly uh, I had a, a nice little job and yet 
I was doing studying for an exam and as I was reading about it I'm scratching my head and I was feeling like I was on fire around the back of my neck and it was more of a family medicine type exam and it was sort of my first real exposure to family medicine so I in the hospital you don't tend to come across things like nits etc and then it was just I was reading about how it tended they tend to lay their eggs around the back of the neck and around the lower sides of the head and as I'm doing it, I was thinking, oh, my, I was itching my head, thinking, oh, my goodness, that's exactly where I'm sore. We lived in the Sukarbo house. I ran downstairs to the pharmacy, bought a knit comb, and that was it. Yeah, realized I was absolutely riddled. Not, not a pleasant experience. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, that, and that's, that's something that, that tends to go through schools at times as well. And I remember at least... Every school my kids went to, there, there, a note would come home, never in their class. We were really fortunate. We never had this issue with our boys, but there would be a note, oh, this grade level, there's been a knit warning or it's been detected just so you know, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's always like, wow, you know, it's, it's amazing how easy these things can just spread around. Yeah, did your did your mum never sit down and do the no. the thing at home where she checks your hair? My mum used to love doing it, and I think it's something from the generation actually prior to my mum where they would always do the knit checks like twice or three times a week. Wow. So my mum would then do it to me where they'd just go through your hair and, and check. And I don't know what you'd do if you then saw one crawling around. I'd probably freak <laughs> out. But, uh, and not even actually something I've thought to do, even though the boys are in nursery, but maybe something that, yeah. you know, we should look at doing. It's probably a good idea. The other, yeah, so we've talked about some really disgusting things actually today, James. <laughs> no, we want to talk about vitamin D. Vitamin D. We need to talk about vitamin D because we're doing our best to keep our vitamin D levels up. Well, my suggestion was that we do a podcast on a sun lounger. This is actually the suggestion. I think we can do so that. that. We're getting our vitamin D to discuss it. So this is a bit of a disappointment. We have no cocktail in sight and we're not <laughs> in the sun. I'm actually sat in quite a dark room having this conversation about I'm, vitamin D. <laughs> I'm looking out at the sun. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, still, we're, still being, we're still being very uh, con- you know, conservative with our podcast. We're still doing them via Zoom. But I, that, that day, those days are coming up, so it, we, we have to get back together. And I think, well, one of the one of the great pieces of news actually is the Rove Hotel where we've where we've been podcasting. They're back open again, but they've also oh, put they've also put in a dedicated podcast suite for us. No, they haven't. That's fantastic. They have. They have. They and and they 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 actually asked Potaholics, what do you guys recommend for equipment? So we gave them the list of you know the Rodecaster equipment, some Rodecaster mics, some you know headphones, and they they put it all together. In fact, they said it is set up and ready to go. They want us to come and use it and do our podcast from there using their equipment. And uh, of course, they they're they're opening up to the world in Dubai to also if they want to get into podcasting to to come and use their facility. So, so that's absolutely wonderful. I can't wait, James. I know it's more difficult to fit in with your university schedule, etc. But it is a lot of fun. Tuesdays, Tuesdays are a good day. <laughs> yes, Tuesdays, Tuesdays are the best days. Um, but yeah, like we 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 should definitely go to the roof, but we should yeah. also do one. We should do uh, one on location. I was thinking we need to do one yeah. on a spin bike and one. Yeah. Out by James people. and Spandex yeah, on a spin bike. Have you uh, that 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 could be? Can we get your husband as well on the spin bike? Because that would be fun. We got the bald <laughs> guy. We got the guy with hair, and then we'd have you. That would be kind of that could be a fun and show. We have to get your wife involved as well. well. My wife does but not yeah, like spinning. You, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my James does either. 
But, you know, you mentioned about vitamin D and obviously we've had lockdown now we're in the summer. So it's so, so, so hot. And it is, it's difficult to get your, your quota of vitamin D because yeah. the, and also because it's so hot, I don't really advise that people go out without sunscreen, but mm. the recommendation is, is that you spend 30 minutes outdoors a day without sunscreen so you can really absorb yeah. the appropriate amount of vitamin D. And I don't know if you realize, but you know, it's, if someone is taking calcium supplements, they need to have the vitamin D in order to be able ah. to absorb that calcium because you can't absorb it unless you've got the appropriate levels of vitamin D. I didn't know that. And it's such a big topic. Yeah. It's such a big topic to discuss actually. So the, why don't we, why don't this, we book that in for our next podcast that we're going to talk? Are you, are you stopping me? Are you, are you stopping me dry? I'm stopping you dry. And you know why I'm stopping you dry? Because I got a yoga class to start thinking about. No way. You're doing yoga now. James, hang on. I don't like it when you break routine. You normally do your yoga at nighttime. I know, but uh, there's there's a great class with this wonderful, wonderful woman who does it out of Dubai, and uh, I, I need a good stretch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. I don't mind you cutting me off because um, we can really go into the depths of vitamin D. And also, I was keen to invite on our next podcast a good friend of mine who talks an awful lot about racial inequalities in healthcare. Okay. Like, worth checking out her Instagram. She's really live on it. It's Marvelous Medic. Her name is Sultana Ahmed, and she's she's fantastic. And some of the research and the the promotion that she's doing into racial inequalities in healthcare is, is, is really awesome. So worth checking out. Great. Well, you know what? We're going to put that into our next podcast. We're going to, we're going to line that up, figure out how we can get the time right for her and for us, and away we go, and figure out the day that we can work around your schedule awesome. and, and mine. She can just turn up in her pajamas like my friend Zainab from the UK did. That, that was pretty good, actually. It was a pajama party. I liked it. Yeah, she's not forgiving me yet. But go on, you go stretch and have a lovely yoga session, James. And thank you for taking the time to talk about thank nice, you. interesting things today. Thank you, which means it's a wrap. Jenna, we're going to do it all again really, really soon. You've been listening to Podaholics Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna Burton. Uh, although I got to say on your socials, it's Jenna Bina Burton. I like, I kind of like that. <laughs> I tried to change it all to Jenna Bena Burton because that's what my friends call me Jenna Bena, but uh, I've actually had difficulty changing the whole name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to find out more about us, potaholics with a K at gmail.com. Send us a note. And of course the socials potaholics with a K. We're going to be doing this again really soon. As you heard, vitamins and marvelous medic is going to be joining us. Jenna, as always, it's been fantastic. Talk to you again really, really soon.